you should start earlier. Don't quit your job. Don't sell your business yet. Get that, you know, my, you said saddle time. Get that time in. By the time that you're ready, you're way ahead of the game. Trade the small, uh, practice, learn the skill, and then, you know, show me you can make $5 a day. We show you how to make $500 a day. Well, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of After Hours with Traders. Uh, second week of January went by fast. We're gonna have a long weekend. Martin Luther King uh, on Monday, the market is closed. I have Brian with me. Uh, hello everybody and uh, good Friday afternoon to all of you. And we have Thor with us uh, from uh, sunny Florida because Ardi was not feeling well. So we decided to have this one with uh, Thor, thanks Thor for coming, especially in such a short notice. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to finally get the invite to talk with traders. I mean, I was like four episodes. I'm like not even in yet. Like what's going on here? Well, thank you so much. Well, we are trying to really, it's more like an experience for us. We are trying to see what's the best way of doing it and the topics and everything. And we get a lot of feedbacks from YouTube uh, and the comments and what people want to hear and how we want to do that. But you are one of the um, traders that our community really like. You have contributed a lot to our community, especially with your volume price analysis and pivot points and the way that you're reading uh, uh, level two and volume. So thanks for everything that you're doing for the community. I'm sure this video gets a lot of comments and a lot of likes because of you. Tell us about your trading in the first two weeks and what's your plan this week and where do you see yourself in the next uh, year <clears throat> so um first off that you know I, I appreciate having me on um it, it's it's really been great being a part of the vbt family um the vpa i've brought in but this is all stuff i've learned from within the community um and i and i've just brought specific focus to and and luckily for me you know and thanks to you boss that i've been put in a position where i've been able to actually spend time to put together this educational material for our, our team and it's been really fun to see it um, people actually grab onto it and enjoy it and start using it. And you see the, like the lingo kind of start coming out about it. And you're like, wow, this, this is really fun. Um, so I'm enjoying that a lot. The first two weeks have actually been um, pretty solid for trading. Um, I had, uh, I've had two of my, um, my most profitable trades to date um, during this beginning of the year. Um, um, actually, we've, we've brought in recently uh, Ed Martin and, uh, and, and Average Joe. And I've been going over and kind of stealing some of his material and I'm starting to look at some of the things he does to hold longer and, and keep bigger. So I'm, I'm getting my entries, which are quite precise at times, and now trying to pair that with some of his longevity for holding. And it's, and it's created a couple of really good days for me, um, which has been great. The past couple of days, not as much. Been, been, been really choppy the past couple of days. But, you know, that's, that's where we are in, on this market. You know, big downs, little ups, and, you know, but basically just bouncing in the same place. I mean, I think if you bought SPY a year ago, you basically haven't made or lost money. I think, I think it's pretty much in the same spot or something like that. So, I think one year uh, SPY is still up, but uh, IWM yeah. is almost negative. Uh, so that index is really yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if you look at the IWM, we really haven't. We've just been in a range pretty much since uh, February. February so, last year. Except yeah. we had this one sort of big breakout. I think it was November, and it, but then it just pulled back. So... Yeah, the IWM has been challenging, but... Uh, but at least it's holding that level, which yeah. is like, means that the whole year with all of the issues that we had, IWM really held this range. Yeah. 
And when they broke out because of, I think it was the infrastructure bill, and uh, I just got trapped on it and I should have taken a uh, loss or even I could come at break even and I'm still in it, but it is what it is. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got a good situation going. You know, I think, I think as you're looking at, you know, the market overall, you do see this kind of interesting balance in the market, right? Which is you kind of got inflation keeping things from going up, but you have Fed backing keeping things from going down. So it's basically just causing this, you know, like no one's afraid to hold their positions because they genuinely believe the Fed will step in and support things if things get too rough, right? So there's really no reason to panic sell just yet. But of course, no one's like super stoked either. So no one's like, yeah, let's just bull, go along, right? YOLO, let's do this. Sell the Lambo. I'm ready, right? No, one, no one's throwing any of that stuff into the mix yet because they want to see confirmation that the, that the market's going to break and going to move. And it's just created this period of, you know, indecision that we, we find ourselves, I like calling it a kangaroo market because we're not just going up or down, we're just kind of bouncing up and down. Definitely, yeah. WM is kangaroo. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, you, I mean, you've hit on a, a, you know, a point that I was also, I, I'm 100% with you on this. It's a, it, we're in kind of a market where, you know, sell-offs get bought and then, uh, and then, but there's no volume, there's no impetus to push the market higher. So, you just get into this choppy range, and that seems to be where we are right now in the markets. It's just uh, there's no committed buyers, but then there, every time we get a dip, there's, uh, there's some people that'll come in and buy the dip. So, and that was sort of indicative of the market today. What is the best strategy in this kind of market? I know options traders are having a lot of fun because time decays in their favor and yeah. in the red. How do you... The theta. You try if you can find some stocks that uh, like I was looking at Facebook and, um, you know, on, on some of my swing trades. I mean, it looked like Facebook sort of trading in a, you know, I think it was a 320 to 350 range. So you can go in and sell, sell the calls, upside calls, sell the, sell the downside puts and just let the, you know, let the puts and calls just uh, decay off, you know, and, and just collect the premium at the end of the day. I mean that's that's one strategy, and if you're if you're nervous about being naked puts and calls, you can always um, you know you can always buy an upside call and buy an upside or downside put if you're really wanting some uh, to make sure if you if you do go offside you don't you've got some insurance that you're only going to lose so much. So, Thor, did you get yourself uh, dirty in options too, or no, not yet? So. It it's very funny, actually. The first exposure I ever had to the stock market was when I worked IT, and I was actually a support person for an options trading platform, and I know nothing about options. Um, it, two years, by the way, as a support person. It's, it's kind of embarrassing to admit that I picked up so little in so much time. Uh, but um, I, I've, I've picked up here from there. I find it really fascinating the way like Ed uses an options scanner, even though he doesn't trade options to kind of see stuff like that. So I've... I, you know, it, there's a lot of growth to always do in here, and I'm I'm still working on mastering uh, this equities deal and, and really trying to focus on stocks. And so, but I, I look forward to to uh, pushing in. I know Artie's reached out to me and said, "Hey, buddy, if you if you need the lowdown, let me know. I'll, I'll run you through it." And I'm like, I I can't wait to take him up on it, but I'd have to create the mental space for it. And I'm just full right now. <laughs> awesome. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of inflation, you mentioned that so this week. Uh, uh, Jay Powell, the chairman of Federal Reserve, went to the Senate for the reconfirmation hearing. I mean, he's going to be confirmed. 
And uh, there was a lot of questions. I actually listened to a lot of the whole couple of hours uh, hearing. There was a lot of discussion about uh, employment and, and, of course, inflation. One of the things that he said that um, uh, inflation right now, what we are seeing is 7%, is not more because we have so much money. So it's not about the demand, but it's the problem of supply, that there is no chips, so there is no car coming, there is no inventory. Uh, and you know, a lot of people say, oh, you printed so much money and then people want to buy everything and everything's expensive. But based on his, at least what he said, that you know, one of the big you know, contribution to inflation is cars and uh, just because there's not a lot of inventory. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's really contributing to, to the challenges we're having right now, the supply chain challenges, is, uh, is the labor force. And this is only being made worse at, at this particular point in time because of the, um, you know, the, this COVID variant that's just spreading like wildfire. It's keeping people home. Um, we were, Andrew and I were just talking a few minutes ago about how we're going to the grocery store and, and some shelves are like partly empty and you're thinking, well, where's, where's all the, the product? And I think it's, uh, I think that's one of the big problems that we're seeing right now. And, and they're even highlighting it uh, as, as an issue that uh, there's just, you know, you've got this, the great resignation as they're calling it and, and people, you know, the workforce is shrinking and there's just nobody to produce stuff. This is amazing that a lot of people are not coming back to the jobs that they had before pandemic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, I kind of started to switch pre-pandemic, but I mean, I was in IT before and I'm a stock trader now and I'm certainly not going back to IT. Um, I, I, I like this gig a lot better than that one. Um, and I think a lot of people, I think, it, I think COVID has actually created, I'm going to go with a paradigm shift in employment. And I think it's going to take a little bit longer I think for industries to catch up with that, I think people and employers have both learned that you can run stable workforces remotely, that the, the technology exists to hold them accountable, um, to motivate them and to keep them going. You have the ability to pay them. You know, you have the ability to collect taxes from them. Everything that you need in order to do business, you can now do it through, you know, in the metaverse, if you will, right? You, you, know, you no longer need to um, to have someone come into the office. I mean, I I work for you, and I've I've been to the office one time, and it, you know, and and you know, but I was hired without meeting you, um, you know, directly. We actually met face to face. I think three months after I started working for Bear Bull, um, but we were able to establish a great rapport and relationship. So we've we've proven now through COVID that there's this new opportunity, and I think now people are starting to say, well, I want to work from home, and now. Employers are starting to have to figure out creative ways to make that happen so that they can entice them that or, you know, raise the cost of, you know, their wages to try and entice people. And that's going to fuel inflation, um, you know, and like Brian uh, was saying, you know, obviously with supply not coming in in Florida, they only buy the toilet paper. Um, apparently that's all they're really interested in is just cleaning all the toilet paper from all the shelves. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's yeah. all we're interested in. It's a just durable a goods. Bizarre. All right? still there. Yeah. Just toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like we even, half the world doesn't even use toilet paper, so go figure. But, you know, it, but it's happening in the service sector, too. I mean, just a, um, just this week, you know, sort of antidotal, but, I mean, a couple of restaurants, have, you know, restaurants that have been around for a long time closing um, because they can't get staff. And so what, are the, what options do they have? They have to, uh, to keep the staff they have. They have to pay more. To, you know, well, to that's keep shifted there. into like, you know, now it's Uber Eats, DoorDashes and all of these right now. Now they've got staff, but it's 10 people manning the to-go booth because you've got a whole parking lot full of cars that are grabbing bags and taking them home to people. 
You know, interesting campaign I saw Domino's running was where they're actually giving you gift cards if you order directly from a place without using a rideshare app because they're trying to yeah, do yeah. something to kind of in, to, to kind of like work around that a little bit. But I, I think, like I said, I think it's a shift. I mean, I love Uber Eats. I, I love that I can order a Taco Bell at 11 o'clock at night while I'm working on a project for work and that Taco Bell pops into my door. I don't need to get in my car. I'll pay the $5 to have it come to me. You know, and I think that kind of thing, it, there's no way people are going back from that. Why? Why would you? It's it's better. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, you can wrap this by saying, just going, coming back to what you said about a paradigm shift. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, COVID has brought on a lot of changes and particularly in the labor market. And I think it's going to take some time before, you know, things kind of settle and we find some kind of equilibrium. But uh, right now, there's certainly um, there's certainly a challenge with the workforce um, and and supply chains. So uh, you know that's driving in part certainly where inflation's going right now. Yeah, shifting uh, from inflation to another topic, uh, Thor, you used to trade a lot of stocks in play, and then I saw you more and more trading spy and index funds, and then you I've seen you trading even leveraged. Uh, ETFs like SPXL and stuff. What is your uh, bread and butter? Do you now you're trading more index funds, leveraged ones, stocks in play. What is it? So it's still kind of stocks in play, but since the spy is often in play, I find myself going to the spy. But after watching you actually trade leveraged ones, I was like, well, I'm reading this good. I'm getting the right entry. Why not? take the one that a it's a lesser price so you know i don't have the grandest of of, of trading banks so um it, it allows me to you know i can take a little bit better risk on it because i can get more shares that i expect to move further um but i still get the the control of watching the you know the etf but it's especially on days where it seems like every stock you're trading is correlating with the spy why not just go trade the spy or a leveraged etf um, that way you're just going to deal directly with the algos basically as they as they bounce around. Um, but stocks in play are, you know, are almost always where I'm going to gravitate. I love earnings seasons, which we're just kicking into um, because it always, you know, gives these opportunities for volatility. Um, and then at that point, it's just kind of, you know, giving them a chance to to do what they do. And that's been the big change that I'm I'm interested to see what happens in this earnings season is will these stocks, you know, let's say they come out with good earnings. Well, they're already really high. They've they've been really high for a while, you know, but, you know, maybe we get rotations from travel, you know, through tech into travel or something because tech seems to be a little high while travel seems to be a little low. And if we can come out of COVID, maybe we get some nice plays there. But until this whole, like, thing shifts and changes with the whole COVID situation, I don't know how any of those, you know, things do. It's It'll be interesting just to kind of, you know, sit back and, just kind of see how it unfolds. It's it's impossible to predict at this time, I guess you'd say, right? Yeah, no, same topic. I, I you know, I've I if people that have been in the trading room have noticed probably that uh, on my watch list in the morning, I've had uh, TNA or TZA. Uh, I've traded TQQ and SQQQ. I get the three Qs in there, but uh, you know, uh, beta ETFs for both uh, IWM small caps and uh, and the Qs. And right now I'm finding those, are, those patterns are setting up a little bit more predictably for me to take advantage of those moves. And I've had some really good, uh, I've had some really good trades this week on, 
on TZA and and flipping and then flipping back to TNA when it looked like a bottom was being put in on the index. They just seem to be moving a little bit more predictably now. So uh, you know, again, with when you're trading, you always have to be flexible. You always have to be ready to change strategies, ready to look at different ideas. And uh, you know, and so I'm finding right now that these uh, levered ETFs are actually giving some good opportunities. Opportunities. Uh, recently, um, a website reached out to me and they asked exactly the same question from me: that can you write a few paragraphs about trading as individual stocks or indexes? And I went back about the conversation that I had with Jared recently. That Jared said the communities more and more these days are trading index ones or you know correlated. Uh, assets with the market and I realized that yes you know because the market has been so volatile that you don't need to find the stocks in play you just pick NVDA moves with the QQ or TQQ which is the leverage ones and the, the volatility is enough for you to make but there are some days that uh, the market or, or weeks or months that the market is maybe moving very slowly doesn't give you a lot of opportunities but the individual stocks or earning season as Thor mentioned they give you a lot of individual stocks in play that are completely independent of the market. Uh, but since pandemic, the sectors and the markets has been so volatile that they're so temp, you know, temp, you know, it's very tempting to trade them rather than just try to find one individual stock. Yeah, and there and there are you know there are lots of traders out there that just trade the spy. I mean that's all they do. And the SPY has options uh, three days a week, uh, Monday, you know, uh, three expiries a week, I believe. So, you know, people, traders out there, are even just trading options on the SPY. So, uh, yeah, there's people that exclusively trade SPY or one of the other indexes. At the end of the yeah. day, Excel is fun to trade uh, the, the leverages or whatever. Um, I I really liked. Uh, I was on that short, by the way, with T with TZA that oh, yeah. Brian took. Yeah. Because I got to cover for Andrew one morning, and and the fact of the matter is, is when when the profit of profit and I trade together, <laughs> we only make money. Yeah. I mean that, that, that's just, that's just a, so so he he I remember the trade. He's in there and he's like. TZA is going to roll over. I'm, I'm about to, I'm going to go short on this thing. I looked over and I said, oh man, we're all short on this thing. And we just slammed it. And I mean, I think half the chat room went short on TZA at the same time. And I mean, in the dump after that was just brilliant. So yeah, we had a, we had a lot of fun on that one. That was for, for, for yeah. sure. They are definitely trading more predictably for sure. You can, uh, you can kind of pick out patterns, consolidation patterns um, when things are getting ready to reverse. So yeah, kind of like enjoying trading those. But you did mention something interesting that no matter uh, if you're a stock trader or index trader, yes, there are some technical differences between them. But, you know, skills that you know as a trader, like risk management, understanding the price action, realizing the balance of the power between buyers and sellers, and those techniques help you in any markets. It could be Dogecoin, it could be yeah. crypto, it could be anything. It's just if you're a trader, uh, and you understand these concepts, uh, it's just a matter of technicality to learn a little bit of basics from them. Yeah, I mean, actually, it really helps you in any emerging market. You know, one of the things that we talk about is, you know, I mean, this could be real estate. You know, the, the, the principles of supply and demand and inflation, overpricing, value, you know, all of these things all apply to any auction environment, if you will. So and I and I and that's what we kind of see ourselves inspire, right? We're just in this high value area. So we're not going down, we're not going up. We're just, you know, we go down a little bit one day, we come back up a little bit next day because everyone's just happy where we're at, where we're found this nice spot. So it it I, I would almost think at some point it will take some kind of really serious catalyst to really shake us loose 
of this like you know this little you know range that we're in i, I don't know what that catalyst would be um but i mean it, it's you know i don't know if there would be a good catalyst i can think of that would just be like great enough news just to like let it go other other than like you know china says we don't like u.s debt anymore we give it all back you know i don't i don't like what 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 could uh, what could make you know something go so grand but i mean right now it looks like we just are where we are. So like Brian said, we got to adapt and make sure we find strategies that are going to, that are going to work well, no matter what market we're in. Yeah. I found, I found trying to, trying to figure out or trying to theorize what's going to make a market move, you know, one way or another in a big way is like a, it's a fool's game. Cause you, you know, yeah, you, you exactly. can think of a hundred things that could possibly move the market and then something comes out of the blue and you never would have seen that coming, but that's the thing that moved the market. So it COVID, right? I mean, COVID's a beautiful example of that. Everything was great. You know, everyone's chilling out all yeah. time employment. Yeah. Everything's low. Everything's going all of a sudden one day, one, you know, like one phone call, everything changes. It's crazy. So we're getting into the long weekends. Yep. So what is your um, suggestion or hints or tips or comment for traders that are going into the long weekend? And overall, what do you say to traders who are watching this video and they want to become a trader or they want to become a better trader? Brian. Well, I think, um, you know, obviously we're coming into a long weekend. It's going to be a short week next week. And uh, we are, we've kicked off earnings season today. So there's going to be some volatility and particularly in stocks that are going to be reporting. A lot of traders, investors are going to be listening to, you know, forward looking guidance from conference calls. You know, numbers are one thing, but it's often the, the comments and the guidance that the, um, the senior, uh, senior executives have to say on the conference calls that really drive those stocks. So I think we're going to be in for continued volatility, if you want to call it that. Uh, we are going to be up and down. We're going to be surging a bit on good news and then pulling back and then buyers are going to come in. So I, I just see more volatility, um, not severe volatility, but I just see a lot of choppy price action through, uh, through this earnings season. I don't think anyone's going to knock it out of the park to move the markets, but I don't see anything that's really going to you know, shake the tree and, and, and have us drop 10%. So that's kind of my, my thoughts as we go through earnings season. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Brian pretty much on this one. It looks like when I look at the SPY, it kind of gives me a distribution kind of feel the way it sells in the lows and then kind of drops volume in the highs. But again, with the, with the current state of the Fed versus inflation, I, I'm kind of with Brian. I, I, I think we will have days of volatility, but I think we're going to get a little bit more of what we've had. I think we're going to kind of be stuck in this overall range kind of up and down until something shakes that tree and 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 we don't need to focus on that right until it happens once it happens we'll know we've got something new and 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 we'll play that but until now i think this uh this kangaroo market probably continues to uh to, to bounce around um for traders that are looking to improve i mean all i've really all i can really throw out there to you and it, it's unfortunately it's just something you can't be taught like any high performance endeavor it's saddle time. You, you've got to practice. You've got to trade. You've got to be resilient. You got to keep going, right? So if you're expecting to to get whatever goal you want to get in a very short period of time, reevaluate, right? It's 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 not going to be worth doing. Rather, take your time, learn, use some of the tools that are out there, right? Even BBT developing tools like the FreeStockSimulator.com, right, where you can actually go there and without paying any money. 
you can practice you know strategies you can you can start learning about the market you can start reading material you can go to kindle and get andrew's book for free right now on kindle download it to the app right so i mean there's so much out there if you're interested in being a stock trader you don't need to commit a dime right now you can you can learn about the entire market with the just gobs of free resources that are out there and then when you're ready find yourself a good community and 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 start you know learning something a little bit more creative but for anyone who's new out there who's looking to get into it that's the way you're going to do it oh i love that thank you so much for saying all of those stuff first of all thanks for mentioning that yes yeah, stocktradingsimulator.com it's a free replay tool so that you can go and then you can trade in the past in different speed entry and exit and you actually refine your trading there is a mailing um, <clears throat> icon in there. You can enter your email and then Simon and Eamon actually are sending um, homeworks to you. And you can see, okay, what's the stock in play last week or two weeks ago? You can see and get some trade ideas. There are some videos and webinars for you if you are interested, but you don't have time to trade real time. Or if it's a long weekend, you're at home, you want to uh, practice a little bit more. And you mentioned something very interesting that if you want to be a trader, you don't need any money right now. I get a lot of emails from people, I, I'm at 18, 17, 19, I don't have a lot of money or I, they don't even open an account for me. What should I do? I want to become a trader. Practice. Just learn the skill by the time that you have savings, by the time that you finish the school, by the time that you're ready or you've quitted your job or sold your business, then you are way ahead of the people who are actually starting uh, trading. Now, this is very important. Again, I got another email from someone that, hey, I'm retiring next month. I'm ready. I'm going to start. Oh, I'm, you know, in, in the military, I'm retiring or I'm separating. What should I do? And I always say that, you know, you should start earlier. Don't quit your job. Don't sell your business yet. Get that, you know, my, you said saddle time. Get that time in. By the time that you're ready, you're way ahead of the game. Trade the small. Uh, practice, learn the skill, and then you know, show me you can make $5 a day. We show you how to make $500 a day. That consistency matters. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't do anything like becoming a, you know, you wouldn't say, hey, I want to become a doctor, so I'm going to quit my job and become a doctor. No, right? no, you, no you, one you, does you, that. You, got, no. you pay, you go to your regular job while you're paying for your education. You get your education, then you do your residency, then you do your internship, then you, you actually get onto a floor position. Now you make money. Now you get to quit your other job. Right. So a lot. And that, that takes like eight years to 12 years or something. If you're going to be a, like a medical doctor, I mean, you know, stock trading may be a little faster, hopefully. But <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. yeah, it's a it's a good point. I mean, this is this is a profession. This is not something, uh, you know, you decide, you know, you see a couple of posts on YouTube or some Twitter feeds. Uh, people are saying, oh, I, you know, I'm making three thousand dollars a day or two thousand dollars a day. This isn't something you can just go and you know sign up and next week and and uh, make that much money. It's not it's not as easy as uh, I would say a lot of people make it out to be. It oh. takes, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. So it takes practice. And uh, as uh, Andrew mentioned, we you know we've got the tools uh, to allow you to practice and get a feel for what it's like to trade without having to commit any of your capital. So uh, very important. I hope it's not as big as a medical school. You know, it's not as long as that one's shorter, but definitely requires that but this, time. Yeah, this isn't something that you, you know, you take a two weeks in a night school course and all of a sudden you're a great trader making a couple thousand well, dollars a day. And the reason why, right, is obviously like most performance endeavors, there's psychology that's involved here, right? So, you know, you can go to a website and that website says that I can give you these three simple steps and you can now trade an ABCD pattern, right? Well, that's great, except for the website doesn't account for your mental ability to actually execute that pattern 
right? Do you have, can you follow rules? Is that in your personality set? You know, do you have risk tolerance? Can you, you know, all of these different things that will never come into play, you know, until, until much later, but this would be like the difference between being someone who can drive a car really well versus someone who's a race car driver, right? A race car driver can drive a car really well at 210 miles per hour, one inch between a wall and another car, right? While riding drafts, right? It's a, it's a high performance, you know, the difference between being, you know, a professional quarterback versus being, you know, a high school quarterback, you know, it's, it, there's just, just a level of, you know, endeavor that has been achieved there. And if you, if anyone's aspiring for that, you need to understand it's, it's going to take time. It's got to develop like anything else. There's no quick solution. Perfect. Well, thank you so much guys. And, uh, really, really appreciate that. Had a good week day trading wise, not swing trading wise for me. <laughs> but my and, willow's uh, up. <laughs> Everyone's my, my bag holding stock is up. Holding, yeah. It's up 40. It's up 48 now. So um, I'll, every week we'll give you an update on where, <laughs> how, I mean, how far down. Right, you're all going to see <laughs> yeah. what happens to these $700,000 yeah. lost on yeah. my account. Everyone's yeah. going to see that. Yeah. So one week at a time. Anyway, do you, are you back holding anything Thor or no? No. no. I don't, I don't swing trade, so I'm, I'm all cash right now. Okay, well, we can get you into something. <laughs> I, you know, I, my, I, I had trouble. Um, I tried doing swing trading before, but I started, I started learning to swing trade during the Trump era. So it was like, you know, one day the market's up, the next day the market's down 700 points or something like that. It was just a really bad time to try and, uh, to try and get involved in that. But maybe now that uh, things are, uh, you know, maybe after some ranges break, I can start looking at getting into some stuff. I just want to short though, which makes it difficult. <laughs> I'll send you some suggestions. <laughs> I like it. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Okay. Now we're getting into it. Yeah. Anyway, Thank you so much, guys. guys. I appreciate yeah. that. And have a good long weekend. Yeah, See you all Tuesday morning. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.